Hey, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Merlin, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, Beyonce cut her hair. Uh, I think, I think actually Beyonce just took out her weave. Yeah. And, um, and most people don't understand that Beyonce's hair is not normally her real hair. You should, you're pretty sure about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure based on Beyonce's ethnicity mm. that a blonde Mar- Mary Tyler Moore hairstyle is not her natural hair. Hmm. I think it probably is natural hair. I think it's very expensive hair. Yes. But I do not think that it belongs to her. Uh, I mean, it belongs to her in the sense that she is the owner of it. She inhabits the hair. She inhabits it. But John, John, you're, you know, in, you're in show business. You've been around a lot of people. You, you have concerns about Ben Affleck and, and what's going on in his head. Have you I met do. a lot of people with fake hair? Not, now, when I say fake, I mean it could be artificially short or long. You could have it in a bun. I... <clears throat> I see, uh, I see unreal hair sometimes, uh, but, um, but you know, like a lot of people brag about their gaydar or about their, um, uh, other relationship dars, mm. hair dar, other relationship dars. You can tell somebody's like cheating on somebody. Yeah, I think so. I think there are people who who claim that oh, they can tell what's going on. They can tell whether someone is cheating. They can tell whether someone is sleeping with there, someone. There are else. varieties of dar. Yes, from across the room, I have had, I have been in a situation where I have let's say, well, I'm going to take this into the hypothetical, but let's say for instance, one time I was in a club, <laughs> and there, let's say for instance, there were two people in the club that I was engaged with. In, uh, with varying degrees of of um, seriousness, like in the present tense, we were having some kind of assignations. Oh, that's real hypothetical. And the two people in the club who had no reason to suspect that the other also shared my confidence, they were aware of one another and commented on it they were aware of they they were i mean they knew one another but they were aware that there was something going on and they were both very close at pinpointing what was going on just based on how they caught each other looking at me across a crowded room were these ladies now, they were ladies okay. because that, this is a superpower in I think, the hypothetical yeah. yeah oh they're good they're incredible, and and I was like, I, I mean, I was there in the bar the whole night, obviously, and I was watching these people from across the room. And as far as I could tell, using all of my special forces training, <laughs> there was nothing given away. But if you go to the glossary of the special forces handbook and look for, like, look for like lady look, <laughs> lady looks in the back in the glossary, there is no section on lady looks. Mm. There's a section on. Punjabi sticks. Mm-hmm. There's a section on how to um, behead a guy on a motorcycle driving down a road at night. There is not a section on lady looks and how to avoid them. And I was really, I was astonished. I was caught off guard when. I, I don't know. If when this is, hypothetically, I, I played out this scenario. I'm just hypothetically super glad I wasn't there and involved. I, okay. I um, you know, they say that dogs can smell fear, and turns out I've heard this. I don't know if this is true, but you know, dog sense of smell is is extremely acute 
They, That's you right. know, they can smell very well from pretty far away, but you know, just very sensitive. And supposedly, uh, what a dog can smell is what you and I might call flop sweat. They, they can smell the difference in somebody who is feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. for example, they say, you know, if you've got a dog, like, you know, they'll get the, really what a dog will get is the vibe from the owner sometimes. So if the, if the owner of another dog is really anxious, I guess what I'm saying is that maybe this is a kind of dar, that maybe there's something that ladies can detect, you know, and I don't know if it's a scent thing. Well, now, do you, have we talked about this before, but the, you know, in the back of uh, certain kinds of magazines, there is that, um, there's that ad uh, that has the picture of the woman who discovered the human pheromone mm. scent. Mm-hmm. And that woman looks kind of like Marilyn Voss Savant, <laughs> but a, but a little. You mean the woman with the highest IQ in the world? That's right. The woman, the, and her name is something like that. It's like Doctor, uh, Doctor Adonis uh, Androgynous <laughs> Superiority, and um, and you know she discovered the human pheromone and or pheromone and and supposedly uh, condensed it down into like a little sort of like deer piss scent mm. that you, you put behind your ears and it brings deers. Is she, is she theoretically selling blonde. this idea to which gender is she? She's selling this to guys. This is for men. She is selling this. Uh, typically these ads are in the back of lad mags. Uh, okay. And you get, so you get like some androgen, you get something on there. That's, right. That's going to make, make, make a woman uncontrolled for guys who've given up on the, uh, on the uh, seduction community. They're ready to go to the next level. And I feel they, like I feel like it may even be called Andros. That's a good name. The uh, the product. But in any case, she she has it. She has like I think what she does is she, you know, she gets people aroused and then collect and then puts funnels under their arms. Like like a squeegee? Like a she squeegees them. Mm-hmm. I don't need this, of course. No. I don't need any of this. No, you have a you have a very you have a power of Andres all on your own. With my even completely clean, mm-hmm. I still have a have a um, have a kind of attractant that yeah. does bring it brings deer. <laughs> but it, but it, I think it probably leeches out of your van. I know, I know, uh, I, the van is uh, gone now, right? Uh, is that van's gone? Yeah. My gosh, I. Hmm, someone else, <laughs> someone, someone from the March of Dimes is driving around in that van, wondering why they keep getting laid. <laughs> like, I've been working for the March of Dimes for fifteen years, and I have this used van that we got. They got, they got a van, to put, like they donated. can put their wheelchair on the back, and they're rolling around getting more pussy than Sinatra. And now I am shagging, I am shagging so many thirty-five-year-old women. I don't uh. know what to do with myself. But in, in any case, so my Beyonce hair dar is is. It's just I know that she does not have that hair because of my uh, because my human studies indicate that she would have a different type of hair typically than the hair that she frequently rocks. Well, yeah, and and her her ethnicity is not um, conducive to a blonde pixie cut out of the box. Yeah, ethnicity does play a role in hair Mm. type, Mm -hmm. but. I think you could accomplish that hair, but you would be... We've talked recently in this podcast about donks, <laughs> but now we need to talk about the conk. Uh, yeah, this is what uh, got Malcolm X with his head in the toilet when the cops came. That's right. He was burning. Conk, it was burning the, burning like fire. The acid, uh, you know, bleach 
solution, whatever it is. And it's straight, like it's like lye. It's like and it relaxes. Your what it it relaxes your hair and it burns like fire. The conch. That was a great scene. It was a hell of a scene. I, I'm speaking of the donk thing. Yeah. We have received a lot of mail. Oh God! Don't get me started. And and I know I know the people who have who have been. I know I know respond. our listeners. Don't respond, John. <laughs> our listeners. I, sir, I think the Impala is an Impala. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. That was very instructive. And uh, I, you, you still got thirty characters left. Thank you. <laughs> I have I have received so many of these. I didn't respond to the first fifty, but by the hundred and fiftieth, <laughs> the hundred and fiftieth one, I was just like. Seriously? Yeah. Is that the word you think I was searching for? Yep. Impala? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know... Right. I, I mean, I understand people get confused with that we cover a lot of material. John, I'm just glad they listen. I'm glad they're here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, God bless them. Here, now, here's the thing. I was trying to explain toupees to my daughter. Oh, toupees. Well, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in life that are complicated to explain. But, yeah. in, in, you know, it's easy enough to explain that sometimes when people don't have as much hair as they would like, they'll, they'll put on a little hat that makes them look like they have more hair. <laughs> like now, here, Billy Gibbons does. Now, that's a toupee that I can appreciate. Kind of, what, well, you're talking about, uh, like, not his beard. You're talking about his actual head I'm hair? I'm talking about that little cap that looks like a sea anemone. I've never seen him without a hat. Well, yeah, and he, wear, he at a certain point, he realized that he couldn't wear a cowboy hat everywhere. And he needed something that he could wear <laughs> it wasn't on an airplane. Plausible. It wasn't plausible. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, hey, Billy, you know, hey, jump out of the shower. Come look at this. And he's got a cowboy hat on. He needed a hat that he could wear everywhere. Right. He hops into the hot tub. And so he he had this custom made. I'm sure he saw it at a like a uh, at like a street fair in Amsterdam or something. And it's a watch cap that looks like a sea anemone. <sighs> And he's been hmm. wearing, and it, so it's, it looks like kind of mini dreads almost. Well, you uh, mean like, a, like, like, is it more like the edge or more like a court jester like, at, at a race? It's like an edge hat if the edge hat was covered with Lane Staley beards. <laughs> Multiple tiny Lane Staley. Yeah, so beards. if you had Lane, if Lane Staley was still alive and you, were cult, and you were cultivating his little braided chin beard, mm. and every time he grew one that was about six inches long, you would cut it off and say, you know, and you keep feeding him Staley Chow, and he would keep he would keep growing these things. Once you had collected five hundred, makes, makes of its them, own gravy. You would then knit them into an edge cap. Okay, and that's the Billy Gibbons hair hat. And what what's underneath there? I one can only imagine. I think he I think he looks like the the professor from Back to the Future under there. <laughs> um, I have not seen that, but. I mean, and, and you know, I, I don't want to sound unkind. We have on numerous occasions discussed the problem of hairless men. <laughs> and uh, it was during one of our early video interviews where you first introduced me to the Ben Affleck problem, which is something I still turn over in my mind a couple times a month. I like to circle back to that. But but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a couple things about this. First of all, I'm going to say, again, thank God a man can shave his head. I'm so glad that this is now an option. Right? Remember when it wasn't? Oh, I, you know, I, I woke up the other morning and I started thinking about the special education teacher at my high school, Mr. Uh, I don't say his name, Mr. Zabrinsky. He, mm-hmm. um, no, Rabinsky. Rabinsky? Zabrinsky? Zabrinsky. Rabinsky? Anyway, he was, uh, he was very obviously, he, he definitely registered on my flamboyant dar. Yeah. And he wore Kiana shirts in like 1983. I mean, uh-huh. way beyond the bell bottoms and the whole thing. And he... Nice guy, never married. Such, 
<laughs> he uh, he was a, he was a really really nice guy, and he taught special education. He was incredibly patient. He was very kind. He he was a great guy, and you know everybody liked him. But he was you know he was kind of weird looking. He had had that really bad you know <laughs> kind of acne. You know, yeah, that and right now scars. he's driving around in a March of Dimes van, <laughs> and he's like, "What the fuck is going on? My life has completely turned around. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> this is insane." Uh, but, but okay, so he was a super nice guy. And I don't, I'm not going to disparage the guy, but he had very kind of odd features. He was very, but he, again, sweetest man in the world. But he had this, he had this strange hair that hair problem that really approached like a Bozo the Clown level problem uh, where, yeah. I mean, he had to be like in his early to mid thirties, but he had, he was full on like super tonsure bald on top, like shiny yeah. bald, not a, not a lick of hair. And he didn't do the comb over, but he had a Bozo thing going on. <laughs> he had, his hair did, was very long. He looked kind of like a, uh, uh, what's that, uh, the, what's that movie? All oh, the people, uh, throw a flower, uh, uh, Rocky Horror. He had that rock, look like the Rocky Horror oh, guy sure, the, with the stringy uh, hair. His name is uh, Riff Raff. That's that's the original Riff Raff. Isn't that an ACDC song? Well, do you, you're familiar with the the, the current rapper uh, named Riff Raff? Riff Raff. Surely. I can't, I can't keep track. Everybody everybody has diacriticals and exclamation points in their name. I'm very confused. <laughs> no, no. The new Riff Raff is a guy. He's a guy that <laughs> the actually, new Riff Raff. He actually kind of, in some ways, not not physically but spiritually, resembles <laughs> the old Riff Raff. <laughs> It's, huh, huh. but he's a guy who has taken you know you know the like hyper trimmed beard thing oh like and, like a Don Johnson kind of thing well no like the like where you're where you have micro clippers and you are able to like draw Z's oh that's into so your creepy beard. so he's taken that to the nth level he has he has cornrows he's a white guy but he has cornrows <laughs> are you kidding he, he's a white guy and he believe it or not and he cuts notches in his eyebrows and he draws like he draws very intricate little sort of mazes out of his beard hair on his face and he has uh he has the mtv logo tattooed on his neck and he is he is all the he's really all the the 1981 mtv logo yeah okay with with a certain kind of like um young person who likes to snort Oxycontin, but who is not a juggalo necessarily, <laughs> Riff Raff is the DJ du jour. Oh, okay. And he, he cuts across all, all fronts. He, he, can, he can appeal to any audience because of his variety of terrible decisions. Well, you, know, you remember when we talked about the vein of juggalo? Right? Where is the vein of Juggalo? I, I will always talk to you about the vein of Juggalo. The vein, the vein of Juggalo runs from just just south of Cincinnati, <laughs> like a kind of. So it's in the south, <laughs> through the center of America, down to you know somewhere like south of Memphis. Yeah. Uh, but and it, and it broadens at a certain point. It feels very Alabama to me, with nothing at all against the wonderful state of Alabama. It's got a real kind of Alabama vibe to me. Yeah, there's a lot of that down there. But in any case, Riff Raff. Is he penetrates the the Jane of Juggalo? I'm sorry, mm. did I say the Jane of Juggalo? Yeah, Jainism. He, I think it's a it's a kind of Juggalo religion. He 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 penetrates there. He but he also like he's very active in South Florida, which obvi- which obviously there's a lot of Juggalos there too. But I don't know. I I'm I'm still re- I'm still researching the new riffraff. Okay, I'll well, get back to you when I know more. Okay, well let's 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 table that. I'm going to need I, to do some research on riffraff. I'm pretty sure that uh, that there was re- a recent movie where the actor James Franco plays a character derived from, like, 
It plays a character that is basically an homage to Riff Raff. Is it is it is it played straight or is it uh, rough plantation? <sighs> that is a really good question. I feel like Riff Raff may feel like it ain't no thing, mm-hmm. but he might also feel like what's up. Yes, you know what I mean. It's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, it, so anyway, he can't. He he uh, he had bozo hair. Yeah. Sweet guy. And then he came back and uh, late August, he shows up for a new school year and he has the most luxurious, oh. like anvil like helmet of jet black fake hair. That you've, mm-hmm. And I think, I don't, I don't know if it, I'm assuming it was a toupee. It was, you know, and, and I'm going to get to this in a second, the toupee dar, but like I couldn't even tell what it was. I mean, it was, it was like <clears> some was kind a of Devo a Devo helmet. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, kind of. It was like a woodland <laughs> creature, but it had all the worst components of both a toupee. Uh, and a comb over like you know there's a comb overs you can get where it looks like an anvil you get yeah. this kind of uh, trapezoid shape on your head right but right. i think Ro- it was Ronald a Reagan hair i guess so i guess so but, but here's what i was trying to struggling to explain to my daughter and i eventually stopped because i don't want her to become a hard person like me but <laughs> but you know but that's the funny thing is like could you you could try to explain to somebody how to spot somebody with a toupee but it would still not really get to like how you can tell a bad toupee you can tell right like a really yeah, sure. really bad toupee where you got like a two tone hair like right. you've got this black thing on top of your head and gray <laughs> why hair is that under. squirrel attacking that man different textures yeah. it doesn't match but i mean even if you look at tony bennett who who has for years had one of the best rugs in the business you can still kind of tell it's a toupee mm-hmm. and i i don't i don't know what that is i don't know if this is one of those malcolm gladwell turns out things but like i it's feel not like age appropriate hair for one thing we talked about frank sinatra now frank sinatra as as we know Used to wear you see those, those uh, shots of him in the studio during his comeback in the in the fifties and sixties, and he's wearing that cool hat. Yeah, and you look at pictures of him in whatever uh, the the one with uh, Burt Lancaster having sex on the beach with uh, Deborah yep. Carr. Like yep. in that movie, he's a bald man. He's a balding bald bald man. Yeah, and then suddenly, then he's dancing with Nancy Reagan. Yes, and he has a uh, he has like a doormat on his head. Well, but and here's where I will give props. It's an props. expensive doormat. Well, what I, I, here's my props that I have to give. And we've, we've said this numerous times. I think it's worth repeating because this is how you help people. You know, uh, he had a realistic toupee in the sense that, yes, it was gray. And yes, he had as, as awful of a man as he was, as poorly as he treated Mia Farrow, yeah. he still had the presence of mind to get a plausible toupee where it looked like his hair was thinning in the front. Right, right, and it was, and it was, it, yeah, it looked appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think it's a funny thing. It's, uh, maybe, I don't know if it's at all related to to the what ladies. Now, were the two ladies in uh, in hypothetical competition with one another? Was there history? No, none at all. And frankly, if we can speak honestly, in the hypothetical, they both had amazing hair. I don't know how that plays into it. Amazing <gasps> oh. natural hair, big curls. Have, have I hypothetically? And, oh, I hypothetically they, know. Big hair. I think I hypothetically know who one of them is. Naturally big hair, too. Not like She has great, not, thick... Not hair that you have to tease up, but just hair that just, no wavy, matter what happens... humane, generous hair. You're on a ferry boat, the wind is blowing, hair looks great. You're hair in a, hair that put up with you a humid. lot longer than probably anybody should have. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, you can't explain that to a kid, The though. last Ben Affleck movie, that The Town, which, which I felt like was a... I don't know if that was the last Ben Affleck movie, but it was the last one I saw. <laughs> the last one you were aware of. <laughs> Whatever. The last time I went to a Ben Affleck movie. Oh, no. You know what? I saw Argo. Oh, Argo I, was fine. 
Yeah, it was fine. I, I think it's deeply, deeply overrated. Nothing against the movie, but the buzz was way too much for how good yeah, it actually and was. And all, all those rewards it didn't deserve. It I was thought, like a top 20 TV movie. Zero Dark Thirty was a better film. That's a very good movie. But in any case, the last time I saw a Ben Affleck movie where there were a lot of real close-ups of the guy, I swear to you, Merlin, I was enjoying the movie, that The Town Yes, I was enjoying it. I was absorbed in the film. But every time Ben Affleck came on the movie, on the screen, all I could do was look at his hairline and go, where is the graft? I don't, John, I'm looking at a photo. From how a, does he do it? I'm looking at a, oh, well, okay. See, I'm looking at one here where he's he's very shortly shorn. Yeah. And it looks real. It looks it super looks real. It real. It's so good. It drives me crazy. I mean, and this is the problem. Now that I'm, I became aware of it many years ago, but ever since then, I cannot appreciate a Ben Affleck movie because the only performance I've in, I'm interested in is the performance of his hair doctor. <laughs> Isn't that awful? I am judging his hair doctor the entire time. Like you are amazing. It's like sir. hearing that somebody had a stroke and you're just kind of watching for some kind of sign for <laughs> what you can for tell. Soup to dribble out of the trying to figure out which leg somebody lost in the war before they've stood up. It's it's very it's very very distracting. Now I'm looking at another one. That that one he looked well haired. This one I'm looking at now. He hair he, suit. <clears throat> yes, hair hair suit. It's like a hair shirt, but fake. He um <clears throat> and this one he really does look like he's in an ad for the hair club for men. His hair looks bad. You're saying this one it does because it doesn't conform to the shape of the head. It, it's it's you know what is the thing Michael Jackson had. Um, body alopecia. Dis- okay, and that's the thing oh. where, where you get uh, hmm. he, body dysmorphic yes. disorder. Yes, yeah, it's like it's like it's isn't it like a uh, isn't it a, a starving sister of anorexia? Well, oh, you've got right. the you, you you don't see what you actually look like, even right. though even oh, though he oh. looked like Lon Chaney Senior, he thought that nose looked good. Yeah, dysmorphia, I guess is the is the dysphagia short. would be you have trouble swallowing. I think. I guess. <clears throat> At any rate, he. Uh, uh, see, I think the thing is, when you put on your little hair hat, you go to the store, you get your consultant, you you are – this is this sounds unkind. But I think it's a very human thing because you go in there and you want to see yourself as you think you look or as you think you should look or used to look. Well, here's – but now so, – so here we're into a category that kind of haunts me all the time, which is that in the, in the morning I wake up and I go to my closet – and I ask myself, how are, we, how are we going to dress today? How are we going to present ourselves? What's the uniform of the day for John? And as, as Chris Walla has, has so aptly pointed out, sometimes I, sometimes I show up at the studio dressed like a space cowboy. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't know how to, how to prepare for those days. He's, not, he's, not expect, he's never expecting it. And so I'll walk out of the house sometimes, and the most my most recent purchase is, of course, a pair of uh, pink pants with little blue anchors on them. <laughs> and I will go outside, and I'll be walking around, I'll be going through my day, and then it will occur to me that maybe I am, maybe other people are seeing me differently than I am seeing myself. Oh, I'm struggling with that right now. And I am a 44-year-old, and I know that I know that there are certain things that it's, well, in fact, I don't, I was trying to make a list of all the things that I know I'm too old to wear, but I, but I don't have anything on that list. It's I have, I have no restrictions on, on the clothes that I will wear. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid for myself. You, you haven't gotten to that point. You're not, you're not seeing what the hairpiece actually looks like yet. 
That's right. I'm afraid that that I'm walking down the street, and and people are saying people are saying unkind things. Yeah. Because maybe the maybe the combination of of powder blue cowboy boots <laughs> and pink pants with anchors on them, maybe I look like I'm having a stroke. <laughs> And I, I think I'm. I look rad. Yeah. But maybe, maybe other people are. Maybe, maybe the reason that people are so nice to me in supermarkets is they think that I am a disabled person. <laughs> they want to donate a van to you. <laughs> yeah, that they're like, oh, look at the poor old guy who suffers from color blindness. <laughs> I can't find chili. <laughs> color blindness of his soul. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I suffered that. Um... Well, I, I realized early as I was hitting the, the purchase button on Amazon that I probably don't need a third Fantastic Four shirt. That's <laughs> <laughs> identical to the other two. It's just I wear them almost. I wear my Fantastic Four shirt almost every day, so I bought a third one. Unless, yeah, you want to go to Comic Con with me next year. I would do that. I would forgot. You, would I you for- go to Comic Con? You know, I remember when I made fun of you. When we, yeah. we, we, was when we were doing the show. I mean, it's been in the last, you know, whatever, a couple of years. Yeah. I, I made fun of you for going to Comic-Con. I, I totally spaced it this year. I, I am ready to throw myself into Comic-Con. I, I'm ready to do it. I think we should go. I think we should do a performance there. I think maybe we should we do should, cosplay. We should cosplay as each other. Maybe we should go to... Here's what we should do. We'll go to Comic-Con and we'll cosplay as the Mythbusters. <laughs> And we'll can we, do can we all, both be the Doobie Brothers guy? <laughs> and we'll both we'll we'll do a whole MythBusters show, but it'll be us instead of those guys. And you can be the Doobie Brothers guy. I'm going to be Adam Savage. He talks a lot less, doesn't he? The Doobie Brothers guy? Yeah, yeah, but he's doing. You know, he's the one that's really that's really blowing stuff up. Oh, is that his role? He's the uh, he, well, he's got the beret, so he's got to be the guy with the briefcase full of bombs. He's he's older, and I think he is. He's the one that likes to. Um, he's more. I get the impression that Adam is like he's kind of the showman. He's the showman, and then uh, then um, the other guy, the other the other guy, <laughs> Alex. Let's call him. <laughs> or, my my interactions with Mister Savage have, and I, I know you're you're closer to him than I am, but all of my interactions with him have been a perfect delight. He is like one of the nicest kind of famous people I've ever met in my life, and and he's so much exactly like what you would expect, but even nicer in my experience. Yeah, he's extraordinary. I, I I I concur. I have never He plays your songs at parties. Well, but 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 what you're saying is is like absolutely true and astonishing about him, which is that you meet him and he is exactly what you would hope. Which is a thing that you can no, you never say that about Oh, about it's, that's the way I say it. I'm not saying that to sound fancy. I'm saying that because like my expe- I've, you know, I'm an older man now. My expectations for meeting people that I admire are very measured, right? As right. You Ohio, never, very measured, but you but I never expect a guy to <clears throat> exceed your expectations in every way, and he does consistently. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to oversell it, but yeah, I have to say it is. It's very unusual. There've been a few people that I really admire that I've met in the last you know couple three years. Uh, as I as I get a little more exposure to the corridors of of nerd power, you know uh, me long, huh? You've known me longer than three. That's <laughs> it's it's true. I've, I've had your Andrus in my in my inflatable bed. <laughs> Unflatable. Um, literally. Li- literally. We have to have it destroyed. It's like like Gattaca or something. But, Listen, um, you and I are going to go to Comic Con. I think we should go to Comic Con, John. Do we order you a shirt? Yeah. We're what gonna... if we both? What if we both wore Fantastic <laughs> Four shirts? And no, here's the deal: we'll both wear Fantastic Four shirts, and we'll both wear pink trousers with blue anchors on them. Oh my God. 
Wait a minute. Maybe we should cosplay as the Fantastic Four. I would love to be Sue Storm Richards. Can I be this Mr. Stretchy? You can be Mr. Stretchy. He's such a dick. He's No, oh, he's not oh, a dick. That's oh, not fair. Wait. Reed is not a dick. But you can I be, be uh, Mr. Stretchy and Mr. Flamey both at the same time? I think you should be Mr. Rocky and Mr. Stretchy. Oh, Mr. Rocky and Mr. Stretchy. Mm-hmm. But I was walking around in uh, in my second blue Fantastic Four shirt, and I had on, you know, you, you're the one who got me back into 501s, you know, 10 yeah. years ago. And yeah. now all I wear is these five or six pairs of 501s in different flavors. Yeah. <clears throat> and the ones that still fit me are very holy. I mean, yes. I'm just, I'm just, and you know, you know how wear, wear patterns are so weird. Yeah, like you I, wear through them in, this, in, in places where you're like, I do nothing in that area of my body. Well, and like, I'm not a pants scientist, but it seems crazy to me that, yes, it is in an uneven way. Like with shoes, probably a chiropractic problem, but I always, one knee, let me look down. Okay, right knee blows out way faster and bigger than my left knee. Right. Uh, of course, I've got a hole on the right side where my space pen uh, key and keys keep rubbing. Right. I have an iPhone-shaped rectangle on my left pocket. You have a chew can ring in your back pocket. <laughs> what is it with you and the chew cans? <laughs> I uh, chew can Sam. But I but uh yeah no they, they blow out the same so I'm walking around and it doesn't matter. It's not important. We should get back to hair and uh, Beyonce. Yeah. But I but yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing I'm wearing a Fantastic Four shirt and, and I'm wearing these pants that look are that are so hobo. Uh-huh. And uh they got coffee stains on them and they're, and some, and they're... some guys in your neighborhood at the at the uh, humbow place start pointing and laughing as you walk by. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit ping pong and uh yeah and i'm wearing uh, purple converse like hawkeye wears so that's that's a moment that was a moment where i said you know this may not be anything appropriate let alone age appropriate i pick up my Did daughter I, at places and i feel like they're they're gonna like extra double check me for security you know? are you are you wearing your second uh fantastic four shirt because you have them labeled like Pete Townsend's guitars, like one through four, or are you wearing your second because you blew out the first one? You no, I just don't do laundry enough, and I want to. I don't want to. I'm not an animal. So you have three, and they're all in rotation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like what? Well, I mean, you, you got you got several Rickenbackers, right? You see, you don't wear the same one all the time. No, I just have the one Rickenbacker. Is that right? It was at the three thirty. No, what do you have? Fucker. Uh, it's a three sixty. Three sixty. Sorry. And um, yeah, I just have the one, and I and uh, I haven't played it in a long time because, as you know, I'm uh, uh, on sabbatical. Not, I'm I'm on sabbatical. I'm not currently making rock band music, and so the guitar is just. <laughs> I decided sitting. not to do my job. <laughs> Join the club, Johnny. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think we're here? So the other day, the other day, Comic Con. I'm gonna write down Comic Con. So write down Comic Con in big letters on a on a three by five card, and remember, we're gonna go. We're gonna go next year. Okay. Um. Uh, the other day, based based uh, largely on on conversations that you and I have had, and and uh, on this uh, podcast, I decided I was going to stop eating uh, bread, pasta, and sugar. Is that right? And I've actually been doing it now for four or five days, living entirely on like uh, lettuce. Like I'm using lettuce instead of bread, and I yeah. got a cob salad the other day, which I was just like. Cobb salad. It's got blue cheese on it, right? Like, yeah, but who? I mean, who orders a Cobb salad? Like, it's it's like something Hugh Hefner would order. Yeah, or somebody who doesn't want people to know he's gay. Right, like Cobb salad. Oh, it's got ham on it. Really? But I ordered it and I ate it. I've been eating all this food that is not I'm my so, normal. Foods. I'm so interested in this. Well, so I'm really tripping out. Like my whole body is just. I I can't say that it feels better. It just feels different. It feels weird. So four or five days. Yeah. And, and so you're, 
if, if you're really sticking with it mostly, you're getting, you're near the hump. I think the first week is really hard. I mean, it's well, weird. Like you're going like, oh God, eggs again. Yeah, it's weird. And I woke up like I just ate eggs for dinner, eggs and spinach for dinner. And I'm looking at this food and I'm like, is this food? This seems like I know that all the ingredients are food. Right. And you put it all together and it is food, but it feels like something that you would get on like Kazakhstan Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> like dinner is served. And, and we bring in that portion of eggs. Comes <laughs> some eggs. It's, or, or it's like it's like food that you would food that you would be you'd be five days into a seven day hike and you'd be opening up your freeze dried bags and like, well, I've got some eggs. Well, I've got some spinach. Eh. Well, you know? I, I wasn't going to bring this up last time, um, unless I knew that you were kind of thinking about it, but the one reason this intrigues me, and I'm, I'm curious if this factored into it at all, it, you're a man who uh, any, almost anything you've ever wanted to quit or chosen to quit, you've done cold turkey, right? Yeah. You just, you don't, you don't, you don't say, oh, I'm going to taper off the cigarettes. Or oh, the... no, it doesn't work. Right. And, but it's interesting because the, the, yeah, you know, sure it's kind of a half joke, but like, you know, haha, you'll keep cigarettes around the house just to prove that you don't have to smoke them. I have uh, a pack of cigarettes. I have a, I have three quarters of a pack of cigarettes in my house. Wow. And, and, you and, know, I, and I go sometimes and I pick them up and I look at them. Leave it. And I go, and I go, leave it, leave it. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm way, I'm way past now I, I like the last time i quit smoking which was the 20th time i quit smoking something really did change in me hmm. and i look at them now and i and they seem like some they seem like something from another planet they I, they have no appeal to me and in the past i would i kept that pack of cigarettes around until i finally smoked one a year and a half later you know but now it's been several it's been four years and i haven't Really? It's been that long. Yeah. And I still pick up that pack of cigarettes and I look at it and I'm like, oh, it's just a different, I have a different response to it. I look at them just like, well, I mean, I have, I have probably five cigars I brought back from Cuba that I keep in a humidifier and I keep it humidified. Yeah. But I look at them and they seem like, uh, it, it's the, it would be the same if I had a bottle of 54 Chateau Lafayette or whatever. I mean, right. it would be an interesting thing. This that is I, why it's nice to have a friend who will smoke some of them for you. Yeah. Next time you're up, you should smoke all these old cigars. All your old wines. Well, th this is why it's interesting to me as an experiment because, you know, uh, food, you talked about your relationship with food. I, I, you know, just looking at something like the egg and spinach dinner, like that really seems super fucking weird because in your mind, that doesn't, I mean, it's not even just that that's a breakfast thing or that that's a brunch thing. I mean, it's, you realize, I guess, I'm, I guess the question is, like, first of all, can this be a kind of John, uh, leave it experiment? But also, doesn't it make you aware? of like how weirdly a part of your life, a certain kind of way of eating is like eating a certain kind of food late at night. Yep. Isn't it, does it make you aware of that? Cause that, that's what I feel. I feel like I feel so off center because again, I go like, Oh God, what should I eat? What should I eat? Uh, I can't go have chow mein. I'll have another boiled egg. What a boiled egg. It's three in the afternoon. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Right. Or it's, it's very, like, disru it feels very disruptive. It's 1030 at night. It's peanut butter cup time. <laughs> and it's like, Nope, it's not peanut butter cup time. But I, what, what, what it, it's making me aware of is that I sub I have substituted quantity for variety in food for a long time. If I am making food at home, I make a one pound of pasta rather than making a four course meal for myself. So I, I, you know, I will put vegetables in the spaghetti sauce, but I do, I would not make a second 
uh, plate of vegetables and taking away the pound of pasta, I, you know, like I'm looking at my meals now and realizing that this, the, the, the core nutrition, the core interesting part of the meal is, is not interesting enough, you know, like a little dollop of this really, you want to have a vegetable course. You, you want to have a salad. You want to have an, you want to have other elements. So, something, I mean, the one that really got me was uh, potatoes. Like I'm not a giant potato eater. I mean, it's not like I have to have potatoes and pasta with every meal, but it was amazing how quickly I, you know, I, I would, that's how I would have burgers. I would have a burger with cheese and stuff in, in green leaf lettuce. And like, that's actually really, really good. It's, it's great. And it's, it's just as good as a hamburger. It's yep. just, but then like, where's the fucking French fries? Right. Why are there not any potatoes with this? It's yes. Isn't that strange? Yeah, something's missing, and particularly a strawberry milkshake is missing. Mm. So anyway, I'm figuring it out because I do uh, because I I opened the Atkins book right, and I looked at it, I read it, and it's just like everything in the <sighs> world so where some white guy is trying to tell me how to live, and I read it, and I was like, listen, I am the white guy who tells other people how to live, not you. Mr. Whoever you are, Mr. Slip on the ice and die. So I'm reading his book and he's like, if you have, if you breathe in the smell of a, of a buttercup as you're walking through a park, you are, you're off the diet and you need to go back and put your head in a bucket of frozen, you know, uh, he'd wear a frozen meat, frozen meat helmet. And, and I was like, I can't live like this. This isn't, this isn't going to be sustainable. I'm never going to weigh my food. I'm never going to do any of this stupid shit. But I know what my problem is. I mean, my problem is that I eat one pound of pasta every time I sit down at a table. Right. And that and would not make an interesting 300-page book. That is a yeah, that is a that is a tweet-length problem. And so Eat less, exercise more is not going to be a best-selling book. It's going to have no, to be but, longer than that. But there it is in a nutshell. And so taking away taking away the the bread and the pasta and the rice and and sugar candy seems like a, a workable thing but i am not sitting here trying to put myself into ketosis and no. mon- monitor my pee with um pregnancy strips or whatever it is that people do. I did that. I bought some of those. Those diabetes and, strips. And did you turn did it, did it turn color? It was like a video game. I wanted to make a change. And did it? Um i think it did. But here, John, here's the thing. Did you think you won Galaga? Or did you win Galaga? (laughs) Multiball. Well, here's... Okay, this is not a defense of that. But I think, first of all, there has to be a big hook, and it has to be a certain number of pages long. The Paleo Diet book... (laughs) Multiball. The Paleo Diet book is even worse. I mean, it's... I counted. It's 10 chapters before they tell you what to eat. Oh, and it's 10 chapters where they're just like, this is going to revolutionize your life. Well, it's nine chapters of like, I'm not going to get into it because, you know, you'll get email. But like, there's like nine chapters of like, here's the indisputable science behind this. You know, like all (laughs) self-help books, somebody said, you know, you know, tear the book in half and start reading there. You know, we we opened up the stomach of the prehistoric Austrian just, there's so much man. about it that just it's like it's like like anything like any of that turns out stuff like it's okay as long as you don't think about it too much like you have to sleep in a completely dark room well that's actually great like I do that I turn off everything and I want the darkest room possible and their reason is because we used to sleep in caves under the stars it's like well okay but didn't you have a fire while you were sleeping in a cave doesn't that count as light 
Right. It's you just, also went to bed at eight o'clock at night when the sun went down. As you do. But, 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 okay. So here's, it's not a defense, but all I'm going to say is that I think as with, uh, the Marines and cults, the more that you can dramatize the amount of, how much you have to plunge yourself into this and get rid of your old ideas, the more yeah. you can make people under, not even believe or think, but, 100% accept that this is going to be a sea change in how they deal with the world. The more you can do that, the more the more likely you are to succeed with whatever it is. And in that case, I mean, you know, all the ketosis stuff, again, I think that's a MacGuffin. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's that much science behind that. But I do yeah. know that when you start to think more about what you eat, you tend to eat better. Yeah. Well, so... We're larger, talking about food. This is great. Yeah. The larger prop, The larger problem for me is that like uh, uh, adulthood has more or less been a series of um, of exorcisms of of uh, whatever what, what the various demons that I that I brought out of my teen years. Right uh, when I when I was twenty four years old, I was like a uh, like a Bruegel painting. <laughs> I mean, I I had um, I had. Uh, uh, demons and fairies accompanying me everywhere. And one by one, I have invited them to leave. And now I'm 44 and I've got all these, like uh, I've got a bunch of quiet demons left, you know, and, and, and all these like demons that I, that I feel like are friends or, Maybe they're not even demons. Maybe they're Icelandic hidden people, or maybe they are uh, gnomes. Um, or as you know, as uh, Sean Nelson was telling me the other day that uh, that meditation really helped him, and I said, "I mean, uh, do you have like, do you have George Harrison thoughts now? Are you are you starting are you starting to think uh, that that are you are you trying to give peace a chance?" And he said, no, but I do, I do believe in gnomes now, hmm. which I think, I guess, is a side effect of meditating. I've never tried it. But I've got all these, I've got all these quiet friends that are like, oh, you're kind of, you're actually a demon, aren't you? You, you were like drafting off of the loud demons, and now they're gone. And now I've got all these, like, these, these guys left around that I'm like... Is adulthood is the whole my whole process going to be just like sweeping out my closets my whole life? And by the by the time that I get like I finally have got a clean bare apartment and I've put toothpaste in all the nail holes <laughs> and and then I'll be ready to take the ferry across. You just, the you just dust off Jersey. your hands and go. You dust off your hands and go. Okay, done. Done. I'm there set. it is. Yeah, yeah. So so I I'm not sure that that is I. Like I'm trying to look, I'm trying to think big picture now, and I don't want my life to just be a process of um, of of kicking people out of my mental house. <laughs> but trying to get a hold of this food thing, and then realizing, like, I mean, a big a big part of being 44 years old, having a child, and being as yet unmarried, is addressing this question of like. Uh, <sighs> it's one thing when you're 27 to read a magazine article that says human beings are not uh, monogamous by nature. That is a social construct. It's, and when you're 27 years old, you read that and you go, Oh, right. Yeah, totally. 
that makes sense. I knew that all along or whatever. But at 44 years old, all my friends are paired off in mated couples. And there is a certain, I, I, I have been taking on this feeling or, or rather feeling myself kind of swimming against the current in a way that used to give me great satisfaction and now feels like it is, I am open to the idea that it is an unnecessary labor. Why, why am I always swimming upstream against my peers, against nature, against the inevitable? And, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to approach it next, you know, like I don't want to, it's again, it's at the, the thing about the, it's a question of wearing anchor pants to the supermarket. At a certain point, we feel like, we feel like a guy who is dating a younger girl, like when you are 27 and you have a 21 year old girlfriend, <laughs> right. that is, that's like, uh, socially acceptable. And it is, it is appealing to almost everybody. I mean, there are very few people that are going to look askance at that. But when you are 50 and have a 25 year old girlfriend, it begins to be unseemly. Maybe it's a long way past being unseemly. Right. And at what, at what point do you, at what point is chasing girls the equivalent of wearing a fantastic t-shirt or a fantastic <laughs> Ford t-shirt tucked into your dad jeans at comic-con or picking up your 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 daughter your your then 14 year old daughter at her high school and hey, her, and her uh, friend honey honey i'm over here hey who's your friend honey <laughs> beep beep so um, so all of these things are now you know i'm i i believe i am maybe in middle age now I think that science would confirm it. Oh, you're and middle age. Don't worry about that. I'm in middle age, right? I am. I'm straight in the middle of it. And if, I'm, if you're if you're lucky, you're in middle age. Right. Exactly. Let's hope. <laughs> Inshallah. Huh? <laughs> um. Uh. But so. So what am I doing? Like, am I have? Uh, I'm doing the same things I've always done. So there's no midlife crisis. I I I I, I can't afford to buy a red car. So what, what am I doing? Like, what is, what is my, what's my big picture? I'm with you on everything except for the relationship thing. I, you know, cause I, maybe but you're that's, mated. well, but I, you know, I think, I think that's, um, some very subtle, subtle coloration there. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I just feel like I, I'm, but I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you on 99.9% of everything else. I understand. I, I think I understand why you would say that or why you feel that way. I totally, it makes a hundred percent sense. But the fact of like feeling, it's one thing to say like, Hey, you know, I really like to settle down with somebody because that's the thing I want to do in the same way that I don't want to eat a pound of pasta. I don't, I'd like to go, uh, I'd like to, to pick one and, and, yeah. uh, and make this, make this work for better yeah, or for worse. Yeah, Pick one, line, yeah. line them up and find a good one. I think that's, yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, who, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's not an unreasonable thing to want. It's certainly it's not anything to be like embarrassed about. But the, I, the but the pressure part is what I don't as much you know buy because that doesn't seem like your mo. Is that what you're struggling with? Is like feeling well, no, the, no, is no, the pressure no. part what's bugging you? No, not a not an external pressure, but you know like an internal pressure of feeling in some ways tired of explaining <laughs> myself. 
Yeah, or, but yeah, or, getting married will help that. <laughs> but tired of explaining myself to myself. I, no, I guess. know, I know. You know, and and part part of this, Merlin, I have to be honest. My mom went on OK Cupid <laughs> at seventy nine years old and found an eighty year old guy. <gasps> what? Who restores cars? She let a man into her life, and now she's dating. And I have no, I have no context for this. Listen, listen to, listen to me, listen to my voice. I don't even know what to do. She's dating. She spends every waking minute with this guy. He's a nice guy, but he's an 80 year old guy. Your mom never stops surprising me. They go for drives in his 1947 Buick convertible that he restored. (sighs) Is that like the Rain Man car? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Whoa. That's a sweet ride. So she shows up over my house today with this guy, dropping off Gibson the dog. What? And I'm like, what a what a what a what a what, 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 what a Gibson watcher. <laughs> yeah. So what was what a, what is Gibson doing here? And she's like, oh well, you know, we're going over to the to Kitsap County for the weekend, long weekend, three days. So you're watching Gibson, and I'm like, when did I get drafted into this whole business? I why am I dog sitting now? It is very confusing to me as an adult man that my mom, after a 30-year absence from the dating pool, has returned to it with a vigor. But it's also, I mean, like, not to tell you about your mom, but I mean, like, it, it strikes me that it's not even something as simple as being out of the, the dating thing. But she seems just very resolute in her, has, I mean, this is not Absolutely. to say, not to say she she's is- not independent now, but she's been so resolutely, defiantly independent. And I mean, just talking to her, her conversations, she, she, she doesn't change when you talk to her. Like she doesn't say things, she, she's exactly the way she is. And she's not, I'm, I'm making her sound unkind, but she won't say things like just to make you happy. She's no. very gracious. She's a very, she's a very kind person, but she doesn't just say bullshit. No. She tells you if you said something wrong. That's right. And it's it's really being around her is a real really stunning experience. I'm I'm got I'm, I'm thrilled for her, but it, it's interesting. But, but she's, she's the grow, person she can grow it for freaking 79 years old. 10 years ago she said to me, other people will always be nothing but a disappointment to you and you should you should just <laughs> get used to that fact and stop trying to make other people an important part of your life. And I was like, "Mom, that's that's great." And everything, if we were snow giants. <laughs> but contrary to what you kind of think, we're not a, a snow giants. We are not a separate race of of uh, of mountain giants. We are normals to uh, within uh, within some certain tolerances. And I'm you know thirty years old. I'm not going to eliminate other people from my life quite yet and she shrugged her shoulders rolled her eyes and said all right whatever do what you got to do that's really odd advice with a very clear with a clear like sense that she was like you'll basically you'll be back you'll be back in 10 years Mm -hmm. with a with a thousand disappointments behind (laughs) you tell me how that worked out ready to hear my advice ready to hear you know Ready to 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 march up to the to the crystal castle that we built at the North Pole. And she pulled a switcheroo, and now she's like do 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 do, like driving around Kitsap County in a forty in a convertible, and I'm watching the dog, and so I'm like, 
what the fuck? Like, <laughs> okay, uh, all right, all right. I, I take it back. This is making more sense now. So I'm having a little bit of like, all right, well, my whole business of like trying to find a balance between my my needs as a <clears throat> as as a half snow giant, <laughs> half human, and my do, do you have to be a fighter or can you be an illusionist? <laughs> I feel like I feel like a paladin. Um, speaking of Marilyn Vos Savant, I would like to give you a Parade Magazine uh, level of sophistication observation uh, mm-hmm. that, that may or may not be germane. Is Just, this going to involve Ken Jennings? Brady's bits. Because I'm, I'm a little mad at him right now. Really? Okay, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to circle I'm back to that. I'm a little mad at Ken Jennings. Huh, okay. I, I, I'm always interested in learning about your grudges. Um, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about this lately. I, I, it's, it seems sort of related. It's, uh, you remember being a little kid, and you, you always can't wait for the future when things are going to be better. You, right. you can't wait until the school day is done. Right. You can't wait until the school week is over so you can have a weekend. You can't wait till Christmas break. Like, you know, you're just, you just can't wait, can't wait. And God knows you can't wait till summer vacation. Well, at least, you know, once I'm 17, I can go to an R-rated movie. Once I'm 18 and so on and so on and so on. And, right. and you know, these, so for so long, it's, I don't mean, I'm not trying to sound wise, but <clears throat> I think you do, at least I spent a lot of my youth just thinking about, like, when can I put all of this behind me and get to what actually the good stuff in, in life is? And, you know, the obvious, you know, whatever Bobby Goldsboro version of this is that, you know, oh, your youth goes by, but now it's really, and that's, yeah, that's incredibly trite, but of course it is true, which makes it, <laughs> trite things are true. But, uh, but then the other thing I've been thinking about lately, then there's this no man's land that you might call your 30s. Where, you know, that's just normal life or whatever. But then the thing that I'm thinking about now, and I, I, when you were talking about your, your demons and gnomes and, and frost giants, what did yeah. I say, snow giants? Um, mm. it, isn't it also, isn't it interesting that when you get to our age, now you start thinking about how much of the stuff from the preceding 40 years you've got to get rid of? Like all that time, you were just thinking about what's going to happen in the future, whether or not you're actually planning for it. You're you're just waiting for the life that's out there for you somewhere, and so you spend all this time just waiting for that to go by, deedly deedly dee. And then isn't it funny that you get to a certain point where you're like, "Fucking a, my pants don't fit." All of these years of weird eating, I have to shed that. All of these years of thinking I could I could smoke three packs of cigarettes a day and be okay, I've got to shed that. All these years of thinking that eventually love will fall on my lap, I've got to shed that. And so then, and this is why your mom's story I think is germane, is that I don't know if you feel that way, but like I, I, I'm not like you know I'm not apoplectic about it, but I do think about that now. Like it, it's weird that like instead of thinking about the future in some ways now, I feel like I've got to address the past. And and the the extent to which you feel yourself having to address your past can become a can stifle your actually weirdly bright future that you could have, you yeah. know, because you've got to address the past, right? You've got to settle these these things that that are still around. But you know, in the case of your mom, I think that's kind of weird. It's courageous Is it for her to like put behind her all of that resolution and to try this this really weird new thing. But, yeah, I, I mean, it, do you feel that at all? I mean, like everything you're describing in, in some ways, setting aside the the relationship part, but all the stuff about food and, and substances and stuff. I mean, isn't it? It's kind of a certain kind of chickens coming home to roost where you're like, well, I can't really move on to this one thing until I sort of address these old things. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I think about when I I mean, <clears throat> whenever I address my past, I feel like I feel like D'Artagnan on a bridge fighting off like 15 grenadiers uh, 
where, you know, for whatever reason, three of them all attack me at the same time and I am able to block them with one parry. And then I turn to the other side of the bridge and, you know, you remember the way the, the, the grenadiers always attack in threes. Where like they, they run at you, you kick three of these guys. As you turn around, you kick another three guys. That that, that kind of thing where they're both yeah. running at you. Yeah, but and so it and seems so very in ineffective. Way, it seems like poor training. Right, it does. And in, and and but what it enables you to do is fight twelve men at a time because they're only attacking three at a time, and all three of them are making the same attack each time. Like if three guys attacked you, one went high, one went low, and one went in the middle, you'd there would be no defense. Well, if there were a bunch of guys with longbows in the back and some guys with pikes here and another guy with a dagger coming over the side of the bridge. One blunderbuss and the whole <laughs> game is over. But in any case, that's disruptive. how I feel. It's disruptive is what it is. I spend a lot of time. I don't know if people, other people are like this. I, I confessed this one time to a friend of mine and he like got real quiet. We were walking downtown and I was like, do you ever, right before you go to sleep, uh, lay in bed and just imagine um, like kidnapping all your enemies in a bus where you've blacked out the windows and taking them to a desert prison camp that you've built and then like keeping them in isolation and feeding them hallucinogens and showing them like weird movies trying to drive them insane leaving the lights on all the time and he said no Oh, come on. And Everybody like, thinks about that. Come on. Seriously? Like, what, isn't that a way that you comfort yourself as you are drifting off into sleep? You try to prime your dreams with a little bit of like, hey, I am kidnapping all the bad people mm-hmm. as part of a cross-country sweep. Just the worst ones. You could, you're a cross between like Nick Fury and John Wayne Gacy, but with righteousness. <laughs> right. Right, and 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 my victim list is all celebs. It's like Rush Limbaugh's You're not on gonna there. Hurt, are you going to hurt Ken Jennings? Dick Cheney? No, Ken is. I mean, I'm mad at Ken, but I'm not going to put he's him not in worthy a desert. Of a, he's not worthy of a brainwashing. I'm not going to put him in a desert prison camp and feed him hallucinogens and and keep the lights on all day. Good for you. No, no, no. He and I are. He he and I can resolve our differences on the street. <laughs> Dick mono, Cheney, mono, mono. Dick Cheney and I, oh. like, there's a real imbalance. There's not enough lights to turn on for that guy. And I, I've created a whole, I've created a whole apartment underground <laughs> where Dick Cheney's going to live, while I very subtly become his friend. I will be in a lab coat, so he'll know I have some authority. <laughs> And he also will know that he can't get out. With a clipboard and photos of his kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it'll be a comfortable apartment. It's not going to be like uncomfortable for him there. And, uh, you know, and he, and there will be a video monitor where he can talk to recordings of Casper. Oh, it's, it's like Silence of the Lambs meets a little bit yeah. of Poe. That's right. But little by little, mm-hmm. I'm going to up the dose of LSD in his drinking water. And, and will you introduce like increasingly more confusing and yes, incongruous it's a, events? It's a total gaslighting situation where <sighs> the, his the picture of his family that's always been on the end table is just going to be subtly modified. Something <laughs> that used to be in the background isn't going to be there anymore. When he finally passes out, you, you <laughs> switch out for like give him slightly smaller clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's going to be exactly that type of situation. Oh, God, like, damn it, the, 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 the bathroom is going to be 
six <laughs> inches smaller in on all dimensions. Oh, this is so good. That's why I'm binding my bitch tits. It's gonna ha- it's gonna be like it's gonna happen over the course of like years. Oh, I'm so glad be, you said it. I think about that stuff. Gonna be living in this underground bunker, and his apartment will be one of many apartments. <laughs> Will it be Glenn, like a panopticon? <laughs> yeah, Glenn Beck will be living nearby. They will be. They will they will be able no to tap out messages to each no. other like Steve McQueen. Ooh, no, no, they will have no awareness of one another. And they don't get a baseball to throw against the wall. Except periodically, I may introduce one of them into one of the other's apartments. Like he'll wake up in the morning and they'll, they're, they will be now sharing an apartment. And maybe Glenn Beck is dressed as a fancy society lady. <laughs> but at this point, yeah, they will. At this point, they will have been. Their minds will have been broken down. Uh, it'll be like the movie Seven, kind of. Uh, oh, it's just. I, I'm sorry to keep trying to drop all these references, but it's it's so many of the darkest aspects yeah. of like 300 years of literature. Well, you know, really, it's medieval in a lot of ways. Yeah. But with the ability, with the technology, what you could do to really fuck somebody up with a little bit of planning. And then that's the thing. It has to. It has to go slowly. And in order for it to be interesting, I would have to have a. a I'd have to be doing this simultaneously to a lot of bad men. Um, oh, for it to scale. Yeah, just because I don't want to spend my whole day thinking about what I'm kind of weird about the subtle ways I'm fucking with with like Dick Cheney. Cheney. (laughs) It would be kind of weird to just do it to one guy, but there's something (laughs) kind of grand about doing it to 80. Yeah, like 80 guys in apartments built off of a retired uh, missile silo (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) Is is there a mine shaft involved? (laughs) Somewhere way, way out in in you know Wyoming. Where no one is suspicious of the fact that we have like a bunch of trailers with with uh, with satellite dishes on them, kind of out in the scrub. <laughs> occasionally change size, <laughs> and and uh, and we're just running this really long game on everybody. Anyway, this is how I put myself to sleep at night, and I've ne- I and I have not found a lot of my friends want to talk about it. I think that's I think that's very. I think it's a shame that people will not admit that they've thought about things like that. Now, now me, I'm not a particularly – no, I'm not a vengeful person, but I do like fucking with people. So the gaslighting part of it is really appealing to me. Like if I if, – you know, it's one of those things where it's like one of those ethical questions. Like you know, <clears throat> if nobody's around, do you steal a Snickers bar from the crippled kid's box? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Except in this case, it's Dick Cheney. I think no. No, but you know what I'm talking about. You, yeah, you yeah, never yeah. had a job, but like you work places and they'll have like the little cardboard box there. I think it's a scam to begin with. So I'm not sure really... they hang, they hang two bananas from the roof and there's a box over in the corner and you're right. supposed to figure it out. Will, will, yeah. will the monkey go for the teat or will, will it grab the rug? Right. Uh-huh. It's basically right. social science. Right. It's not complicated. Yeah. Uh, right. The, the, uh, the, the, the wire mom with the nipple. The wire mom with the nipple. Exactly. Exactly. But, or the cherry cloth mom. Oh, but you know, I know you're, you're trying to get to a deeper point, but I would love to talk about the apartments because the thing is, the thing is they're going to be clinging Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of, again, it's sort of like, what am I thinking? I'm not the greatest gay Papillon and Papillon yes. when he won't, he won't say who gave him the coconut. He's right. not well, going to turn over Dustin Hoffman. And so they bring the shade, they put the shade over yes. and all he has, he's completely losing his mind. He's eating roaches, no spoilers, but there's just that tiny little crack of, of, of light coming through. And mm-hmm. it's like, you'll do anything to have something you can depend on. The first thing he does when he walks in the cell is he goes like nine paces or something. He counts mm-hmm. off the number of paces from wall to wall. And so he has this one now, I mean, at least there's something, it's stone walls and a floor and then two buckets to come in and that's it. That's all, that's all his day is. But think about Dick Cheney. Right. And maybe well, some days and there's an ashtray, some days there's not an ashtray. It's a, it's 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 a great Plato's cave because what the reality that I would be able to show Dick Cheney, like his windows in his apartment, because 
even though it is in a mine shaft, it will be there will be windows. <laughs> the technology's there. And there will and and outside the windows like the day will change, right? It, the sun will come up, the sun will go down. Oh, it's he like the right not, the right temperature of light, it'll all yes. make sense. He's not going to think he's in a mine shaft. <laughs> he's going to think he's in a high-rise apartment in in a major metropolitan city. He might think city. his kids put him in a home. And he's constantly trying the door. <laughs> like why won't why can't I get out of this hotel room? He's constantly calling room service. So he might be doubting and, himself, right? And there's a there's an obsequious guy that answers the phone every time he and he's like unlock this door yes sir we'll send the man right up like for 15 more years however long he lives and then eventually one day it's unlocked he opens it and it's exactly the same apartment next door <laughs> it goes it goes on and on and on i mean you know you, you, because because you're able oh, it's like D though don't you want to plan out that entire that entire dungeon well, you have to plan it. You have to plan it. You get some hex paper. I would love to plan that out. You have to plan it in such a way that you can do things like change the dimensions of the room in a small way that he would register without. I mean, but it cannot. It, you that you can never give away the game. Okay, right? think about like something as simple as this. And again, it's it, it's like software or, or or making an automobile. If you plan it out ahead of time, it won't be costly to make changes, right? You, you plan right. it all out, so you can have something. It's all it's all on rails and hydraulics. So like you yep. got a wall that's got a window in it that he can't quite see out of, right? Yep. But yep. while he's sleeping, the wall is which is on like sliding hydraulic rails. The yep. wall silently and undetectably raises six inches while he's sleeping. Yeah. He wakes up the next day and the window is six inches higher up. Well, but here's the thing about all these guys, like, like my, my, my list of, uh, you know, my enemies list, my your, Nixon's your, enemies your list. dungeon list. <laughs> my dungeon list. You know, you got Cheney, you got Limbaugh, you got uh, Glenn Beck, you got all the heroes on there. Yeah. And, and uh, the list goes on. It's much deeper, of course, than these ninnies, but le- these three will do. <laughs> the thing about them is that they are, they'll, they'll do in a pinch, but they are all very smart guys, like smart that's the problem. Aware guys. They should so know better. God you damn can't, them. The thing is, you can't move anything six inches because they're going to be like, wait a minute. And then they're like, then you, then they then they know. Like, they would have to be in there for a year before you did anything. Before you made any, they would just have to get adjusted to the you idea might, that You might were, spend a year having everything be mind-numbingly identical. Yep, yep. Which you, they, you wouldn't introduce the psychedelics yet. They'd be watching television it would obviously be on a pre-recorded feed so you'd be you'd be curating the television that they had so that it looked like real television but it was just subtly i mean it was completely in your control but oh, it was oh it could be it could be 95% like it could be like they watch Dick Van Dyke right. so they see like <clears throat> excuse me i believe there's five seasons of Dick Van Dyke you show all the Dick Van Dykes and then maybe when you show them again there there's like scenes that are cut out right or 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 maybe you know just for a, for a few seconds Dick Van Dyke's eyes bulge in yeah, a really or, that, or way. just a little flash of cock that they don't <laughs> they don't perceive. You had it's a not, cock flash. They're not. A, they're not. A, they're not one hundred percent sure that they saw what they think they saw. But like you're also you're also taking current news programs and just modifying them slightly so that they are so that they are. Do you so think you're they constructing need to be current a different news? narrative. You, see, I think this could be a little bit like a Marvel alternate universe. And, and the thing is, not everybody's watching the same shows. This is the beauty part. So when Rush Limbaugh and Henry Kissinger finally meet in the mess hall, they're going to have a completely different idea of what's happened in the last five years. Exactly. <laughs> and 
This is the this is the great sort of Truman what, what Show. What do you mean Jennifer Aniston's dead? <laughs> <laughs> the Truman Show aspect of it is who now tell me who would not want to watch a 24-hour feed of Rush Limbaugh slowly going insane. <laughs> It's pretty popular right now, right? If I could just if I could just arrange this in such a way that yes. that you know we were running it through a Russian uh, server farm, <laughs> and it was on you, you know seven and, proxies going. It was yeah, it was through Tor, and uh, no no one you know it was deep web, deep web. But then you could subscribe to it with Bitcoin, uh-huh. and it's. <laughs> It's not like Comcast. It's totally no. unbundled. Yeah. You could certainly right. get value packs. Like you could buy a season of sports. You could buy all right wing commentators. Absolutely. You could have A Rod down there. <laughs> Is he the steroids guy? <laughs> yeah. You could you Your could, ambitions are very broad, John. You could have all your favorites. Well the thing what's amazing is when you think about abducting these guys in such a way that they wake up in a hotel a strange hotel room and they're not aware of having been Darted, <laughs> d- darted, tagged and bagged, and shipped to a Wyoming missile silo and installed in a hotel room that makes them think they're in Chicago. Oh. It's a great, it's a fun time. I mean, it, it's, like me, a, it's like a kind of super train rendition program, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in, in some ways, in some ways, so you're going in there. And here's the other thing. I, I don't want to micromanage a project, but obviously you're going to have the resources to be able to do this the way you would like to do it, or you, you wouldn't want to do it, right? I mean, this is a vanity project in it some ways. It has to ways. be funded. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. But like, what if it was, for example, like uh, a cabin, it, it, like say Dick, Dick Cheney has some kind of evil cabin that he likes to go to, mm-hmm. and, and he wakes up, he's on vacation, Monday's in the cabin, Tuesday's in the cabin, Wednesday's in the cabin, <laughs> Thursday he's in the cabin? Like he wakes up and it's an exact duplicate of his cabin, right? Oh well, I, oh but my now God. the door doesn't work and Dick Van Dyke's sure, eyes are bulging. Sure, it's the trout fishing cabin that he and Scalia <laughs> go up to in Idaho or whatever. Is he on the list? Total. Oh, Scalia has got a whole. There's a whole dream. I mean, Scalia will actually be giving lectures <laughs> to a to a non-existent like class of law school students on a regular. He's going to have appointments. Scalia's going to have appointments. <laughs> It's the only time you're going to keep him out. busy, but but yeah, right. Dick Cheney's trout fishing cabin, and he's just going to be like the door is jammed. He's going to look out the windows; it's going to look exactly the same. He won't be able to get out. He'll try everything. It, it, he, I'm sure he has a drawer full of tools, yeah, and they're all identically duplicated in his fake dungeon cabin. Yeah, yeah, all the tools are there, except they're all just a little bit like little broken or a little like, oh, why does this, oh, he's gone through so many screwdrivers. Goddamn left-handed scissors. (laughs) 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 After two years, after two years in in the apartment, the, all the scissors become left-handed scissors. Well, think, think about this. Like tonight, I was making I was making a soda stream uh, seltzer at my house, and I, I knew I had just drank drunk. I just I just had a bottle of soda stream. I knew there was an empty soda stream, and there had to be a cap. There's always a cap. And for the life of me, I could not find a cap. I could find another cap, but that wasn't the point. The point was, I felt like I was losing my goddamn mind because somewhere in this area that I have been in drinking this, there should be a cap. And, you know, I really did feel like I was losing my mind. Now, imagine if somebody had to live with years and years and years of that. As their memory has already been declining, as their cognition has also been getting a little skewed, as their politics have gotten increasingly right wing, it's going to, you don't have to have that many missing soda caps before they're going to really start thinking about their life. Combined with, Gradually increasing doses of LSD in their drinking water. 
Occasionally, occasionally some methamphetamine. Yeah, but if it was like Argentina or something, they, they, they give you enough to screw you up. But like, they, you know, they're going to torture you. And uh, this is not torture, obviously. We're not talking about torture. This is, you know, enhanced rendition. And, and so, but the thing is, you'd want to slap them awake, right? You give them some coffee. Wake up. If we're going to hit you, we want you to be awake for this. So you give them just enough to be a little bit confused all the time and occasionally up it. Or, or, or is it, are they going to, are you, are you going to give them like some Hunter S. Thompson level, like drinking glass full of uh, psychedelics? I mean, occasionally it goes away. Occasionally it, comes back in in full force i mean you'd have to just and you gotta mix just, you gotta mix it up like one day you'd have to monkey around. You, well you give them some meth other days you, you give them some kind of like you know barbiturates yeah and some days it's it's just you know peyote peyote in the uh in the uh, steakums yeah and then uh, and then occasionally there's a very 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 low grade electric shock <laughs> That's happening. They touch the doorknob. <laughs> like throughout the house. Like I had a friend. I had a friend who uh, used to work in the uh, on the docks <coughs> up in uh, up in Kodiak in Alaska, and he was down in the bilge of a ship in like waist deep water, uh, like setting up a pump to to pump out this like bilge full of fish guts and and seawater, and the boat connected with an overhead electrical wire. Like somehow the wire was draped across the boat and the boat moved in its mooring and connected with this wire. And this friend of mine down in the bilge of this boat was like, Hey, Hey you guys, something, something's wrong. He's getting shocked, but it's just, it's just mitigated enough by like being throughout this boat, which is also sitting on the ocean that his friends standing on the dock are like, what, what's the matter? And he's like, I don't know something bad. Get me out of here. And they're like, what's the matter? Say it again. We can't hear you. You know? And he spent, he's, he spent a couple of minutes waist deep in fish guts and seawater being Kind of electrocuted, and it probably it probably felt like in a, like an extreme version of like the shivers, yeah, or like pins, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah, he, but he couldn't quite describe it or couldn't quite tell what it was. But it was having it was kind of affecting his nervous system. That would system. be maddening. Yeah, where he's just like, "Hey, you guys, help me, get me out of here!" And they're like, "Uh, okay." And you know, and as soon as somebody else touches the boat from the dock, they're like, "Oh." Oh, bad, you know. But now they re- now they're like, oh shit, we got to get him out of there. Oh, they, they dodged fin- a bullet on that one. Yeah, they finally hoisted him out of the hole, and he was fine. But it was like one of those kind of, you know, you get this sense of electricity of like, well, it's either you're it's either you're not being electrocuted or you are being you are being killed. So you would apply that tactically to, to potentially almost everything in the room. Maybe sure, everything in the place would have you know there would be a there would be a screen. Like a metal screen. No, it'd be like the opposite of a Faraday cage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would. So you'd be you'd wake up in the morning, you'd be walking around the house, and you'd just be like, um, "I feel weird." I also, feel you know, really, you could oh. if you were like a really evil Mengele type, you could like give someone anthrax. Like that's not cool. Yeah. But what if you gave somebody something where they always felt like they were just getting a cold yeah. for like five years? Wouldn't that suck? 
I think it's pretty clear by this description that I am a kind of Mengele type. <laughs> no, John, <laughs> you just want to get to sleep at night. This isn't. This is not bad. Yeah, this is. It's just fun times, and and really, you know, and and that list expands and contracts. Sometimes I feel like budgetary constraints are uh, d- disallow me from having eighty full apartments. <laughs> Constructed with moving walls and the opposite of a Faraday cage, and and complete control over every environmental aspect, and also built in such a way that the people inside can look out the windows and feel like they are in the world. Sometimes budgetary constraints restrict my guest list, and I and I don't fully have like eighty guys in there. Sometimes it's a smaller group, but it really is, you know. And 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 guys come on, guys go off. I mean, Donald Trump has a permanent space but like i'm i'm not really invested in a rod uh, i don't care about him i don't want to uh, i'm not i would have nothing to say to him well would you be, would, would you be would open have, would you be open to moving this beyond your very well-founded personal grudges to something where you might want to do this on a for higher basis hmm. no here's what i'm saying no, no no i'm not just saying that you're not you don't want to become a kind of cabin hitman but i'm yeah. saying if if somebody came to you and they made they said they came to you and they said Don Corleone on this the day of your daughter's wedding i want you to fuck with my ex-husband for 5 years no i feel like this is i feel like this project is uh is reserved for people with geopolitical significance or at least american level, american popular significance so like my landlord from college you wouldn't want to no no i'm not interested in him but uh, for, for all time's sake you wouldn't do that M- for me michelle le pen I think I could find a place for him. Who's that? Oh, he's the French right wing. Oh, that guy deserves uh, a cabin. Nazi agitator. You know, there's like every country has got one guy who, I mean, like Putin is obviously a bad guy, but personally, there's something so smug about Putin and so like, He's such an. He seems like a pretty mundane villain. He's not like guy. a Magneto level cool villain. Yeah, he's he is a Bond villain. He is yeah, yeah but from like a George Lazenby movie. Like he's yeah, not like a right. real Bond villain. He's an old fashioned Bond villain who's like Mr. Bonds. Yeah. I expect you to die. I want one million dollars. <laughs> uh, so I don't care about Putin, and there are plenty of people that are going to tell me like Putin is bad. Build and your that, own fucking cabin dungeon. That, yeah, exactly. The dictator of Kazakhstan is a really bad guy. Eh, I don't, that's your problem. It'd be also Build nice if you could pull in people side. that would have a little bit of fight. That's the nice thing about Scalia. Is, is, exactly. is he would, Scalia, you know what I mean? If you if you could just put your hand in the water and pull in all the fish, that's not really fishing. You want a little yeah. bit of a fight to get that marlin in the boat. Yeah, because they'd be on the, they'd be on the phone with the desk clerk. Trying to negotiate. I'll send some right up. Justice right up, Justice Scalia. Because this is the thing. Every time they picked up the phone, the guy would answer. They're going to send someone right up. And then he'd be like, You've been saying this for two years. Send somebody. He'll be right there. Like, like, And one day someone comes up with something they asked for two years ago. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Every once in a while, like, they wake up in they wake up in the morning. This is the wonderful thing about drugs. They wake up in the morning and there's a there's like a well they would have to be fed right. So every they would try and they would try and not go to sleep, but you would be in charge of when they went to sleep or not. You give them some prisoner gas. And so they go to sleep. They wake up. They're like, oh, I was trying to stay awake. And Don't they, they do look, that on the prisoner on the prisoner when they just squirt a bunch of gas out of all the uh, everywhere on the island or whatever. Then poof, he's asleep. He wakes up and there's a there's a room service cart. <laughs> With like, you know, a very nice selection of foods, 
And he's like, fuck. And so he's, it's like with Santa Claus, you think I'm going to stay up. I'm going to see Santa Claus this year. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to see Santa Claus. And he would stay up as long as he could. He would eventually go to sleep. The room service car would go away and a new one would come back. <sighs> I think it's a dream. You get them working on their memoirs. I, I, man, there's just, you know, here's the thing, John, once, once you make your super train fortune, I think, yeah. I think having a revenue stream associated with this would be nice. I think a better thing would be to become dictator, such a strong word to, to, to become a thought leader, uh, literally leading with your thoughts, getting yeah. to where you could have a super train style system. And I think a lot of this stuff is going to just start falling in place. You're gonna have a lot of people on your side, a lot of people who are, there's gonna be a lot of people who are, who are going to help you get to these people. Yeah. They're not going to ask a lot of questions. You need those people. You can't just go in and say, Judge Scalia, please get into your dungeon cabin. Oh, no, absolutely. We need a, an entire special forces and you team. Don't wanna, you don't want to bag them. I mean, you want it to be something like where they think they're going to go into the cabin to write their memoirs, and then they wake up and there's, uh, there's hallucinogenics and food. Yeah, they've been gassed, and then like retired SEAL Team 6 members working both for hire, but also because they have a, a vested interest in making things right are working for you as a kind of a rendition team. I mean, I understand Elon Musk wanting to build a spaceship that looks like a bumblebee hive. <laughs> I understand that the kid from Facebook wants to live, in, presumably, in a 10,000-square-foot Palo Alto house that just has uh, prints of white Lamborghinis like leaning against the wall. Google's going to send balloons over Africa to give people internet. Right. Google Africa Internet Balloon Project. I understand <laughs> these rich people uh, who are young and and uh, don't have any real sense of what the world needs, like uh, spending their money in these in these dumbass ways. But where where is the ruthlessness? Where is the sense of uh, uh, retributive justice? Mm -hmm. Like these people with all the resources in the world, any one of them could fund a bunker based uh, gaslight project <laughs> it only takes a couple and yet and so as far this as is a rounding tell, error this is a rounding error for jeff bezos that's right that's exactly right I mean, 80 million dollars we could get started you need and, you, you need you need an not an angel investor i guess a devil investor you need someone to just kind of get things started yeah that's just family says, and friends round now and once this is up and running and once everybody is logged on to it and and uh, you know bitcoining their uh, feeds uh <laughs> You know, talk about like if you are if you believe the Texas argument that the death penalty is a, a dis, de incentivizes crime, what is going to de incentivize becoming like a Kissinger like warmonger? Then if you're going to be if you're thinking about becoming a shitty reactionary, drop some Bitcoin. That's right. And watch a little bit of Scalia writing his memoirs while he's tripping. That's right. <laughs> That's going to set right. you straight fast. Yeah. Watch Donald Rumsfeld <laughs> try and figure out what's different about his apartment this morning. <laughs> and, that, that it's to, and he can't. Did the couch move? <laughs> like, sit and watch that for a few hours and then decide that you're going to be the Secretary of Defense one more time. We'll send someone right up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Why is my belt so small? <laughs> oh.